Hey guys, on today's podcast, I'm sitting back down with Stephen Drake, and we are going to be talking about pricing images for print. Uh, this is something that most photographers are going to deal with at some point, and so we kind of go through that process, pros and cons of selling images to print, and then we also talk about annual retainers a little bit, and we talk about the inevitable if you are a photographer long enough when somebody wants to try to use your work for free. So without further ado, let's dive in. Point of our podcast is going to be print, working with print, maybe some image pricing stuff. Yep. I'd say that um, print is probably not worth your time for the most part from the spectrum of hunting magazines. Yes. Um, a lot of them don't even pay anything. They love free photos and they love free free stories though. So. They love free photos. They love taking advantage of photographers. Like, uh, I personally haven't been taking advantage of much, but I know you have, Drake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of it we won't get into. Uh, some of it we will maybe a little later on here in the podcast. Um, I mean, just selling images to the few magazines that buy images, it's going to be like, hundred to maybe tops 400 bucks yeah tops yeah i sold one yesterday actually super random for 150 bucks i was like oh that's actually not bad <laughs> yeah i mean if you can find a way to sell 10 images a year without yeah, spending sweet. a ton of time you know like creating galleries and curating content specific to magazines then it might be worth your time but um I've not seen the value in pursuing it. Absolutely not. No, it's just, it's for me, it ends up being just a little bit of an additional income at the end of the year. And, uh, and that's always nice. Right. And sometimes it's cool to see your stuff in print, but like yeah. it is not a source of money uh, as far as really adding to your income. I mean, I would be looking at trying to get on retainers, trying to shoot bigger projects for brands, trying to shoot individuals hunts like, you know, that that's going to be where the bigger opportunities are going to lie. Print is definitely not one of them. Um, I think print used to be, I mean, yeah. I think before social media, like where do people acquire content? And it's primarily print. And like we were talking yesterday or in the last podcast, like online forums, like online forums was like the first kind of like online movement of where people yeah. seek, you know, sought out, sought out information. Was it print where you were saying uh, this other photographer was telling you that they sold images for tens of thousands of dollars yeah and then, which is crazy but i mean <laughs> i don't I, believe it but <laughs> if they were they're crushing it yeah if they were they're absolutely crushing it but <laughs> and i guess i don't doubt that he was it was just more like i think that was back in the time when that's where that was all that's where everything was at yeah uh, like the it's it's always probably going to be cool to see your stuff in print but even for, like from a business standpoint like yeah, you know the circulation of your print, whatever, if it's catalog or like, mm -hmm. you know, this magazine's going out to 100,000 people, but your one ad inside that magazine is is one ad of like 50. Yeah. There might be 100 pages in that thing. So it's like your potential reach as a business is pr probably pretty low in print. Sure. And uh, But then versus like online, like, geez, you could do an Instagram post, reach 200,000 people and spend like 20 bucks. Yeah. And you have all the analytics behind that to support that. Yeah, I think... Magazines are terrible at leveraging their content through social media. Yeah. I met with an online publication a few weeks ago, a guy I knew there, and, like, they didn't even know how to use social media stories. 
Interesting. Like there's like there's no way to link my content in Instagram. Well, they have to go to the bio and they have to click on a link. I was like, well, have you ever heard of like Instagram stories? They just swipe up and yeah. go straight to it. <laughs> oh, whoa, oh, you can do that. It's <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I mean, they should be the number one. Like they have so much content at their fingertips. They should just be like hammering. Oh, they could really push it out in so yeah. many ways. Yeah. And some of them do a good job. But yeah, I think the best way if you want to make money in print is to sell images for the advertisements yeah. that go in there. Um, that's way more lucrative. Yeah. I mean, I think the le the least amount of money I've sold, like an image for a print ad was like probably 500 bucks. Yeah. All the way up to like three grand. Yeah. Versus just photos inside of a magazine. Versus like, like oh, I got 125 bucks for like a half page, you know? <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it is cool to see your image printed, but I can't say that having my image printed ever got me more work yeah directly yeah like did it it maybe helps your reputation yeah maybe but i don't feel like there's any clients i've never had a single person asked to see past work that was printed yeah same it's just what what just send me some images of what your portfolio like what yeah can you do yeah exactly <laughs> it's not like how many times have you been what magazines have you been printed in yeah it's like no, speaking no of portfolios like today's day and age like my instagram is my portfolio yeah you know i do have a website and i drive people there a little bit but it's like the first place that people see my content typically mm -hmm. is instagram and that i mean I, I get a lot of business inquiries through that so yeah it's a free online advertising platform yep like i think you'd be silly not to have some sort of social media presence in that yeah. regard if you are wanting to become a photographer or more videographer or anything where it's an art and you're trying to display your work yep so just back on print if you do want to sell images to magazines usually that should be dictated their pricing on like the circulation but typically i think most magazines have set pricing for yeah. set sizes and use within the magazine yep. i would say if you don't know how to price your image, ask them what their pricing guidelines are for the magazine. Yep. And then they'll just adhere to that or just be up front and tell them, hey, I don't know what this is worth. Yep. Can you help me out? You know, again, either that person's going to be end up being a good person and help you or you're going to find out they're a dick and they're going to take advantage of you and then just don't work with them again. But um, yeah, so the pricing on that stuff should be pretty straightforward um also you can find a lot of that information if you just go onto their website mm -hmm. um so if it's a foundation or something if they have a magazine you just go click on their magazine and then it's like it's usually under their media kit yep and so you can find most of that information online they'll give you a pricing sheet of exactly what those images are, are worth to them sure and what they'll pay for them if you want to start submitting images to magazines the easiest way is just to find out who the editor is shoot them an email is what I would do. I mean, you could hit them up on Instagram, but I would shoot them an email and just say, hey, um, do you have a monthly call for images? Yep. Like that's what magazines use as well as brands. They have calls for images. Typically, they'll send out an email or a PDF and say, hey, here's our next issue. Here's the stories we're running. Here's the image needs we have. And that helps you dictate and send relevant content to them. Um, that kind of brings me back to the point of, you know, if you have 10 call for images every month, that's a considerable amount of time of you curating through yeah. your libraries. So try to balance what it's worth, what your time's worth 
versus the potential payout. Yeah. Um, and there's been magazines I've submitted images to for like two years and they haven't bought an image and then they might buy three images in one issue. Yep. It's super like, it's not consistent at all. Unless you're homies with the editor, like you might not be (laughs) selling images on a regular basis. So again, that's kind of back to like the profession is it's pretty variable. Like it can be really good or it can be like crickets and it doesn't always depend on how good of your, like good of a photographer you are. Um, the best print to focus on though would be like product catalogs. Absolutely. Product catalogs pay better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just developing a relationship with whoever creates those at the brand. Um, some brands will send out uh, call for images brand wide. Like I know in the fishing space, Orvis has a call for images and they just outline it. I know Yeti used to, maybe they still do, but, yeah. and they'd say, here's what we're looking for this year. Yep. And they, you would just submit images and they'd use it across the whole spectrum of like print, email, product catalog, trade show, and they'd specify the use. Yep. Um, that stuff is tougher to price. You know, as far as like, okay, we want to use this image, you know, on the website. Is it on the home page? Is it on the product page? For me, I never knew how to price that stuff. And so I reached out to another professional photographer that had been in the industry for like 10, 15 years. I was like, hey, man, like XY, you know, brand wants to buy this image for this use. I want to price it right. I don't want to undercut guys like yourself yep. and devalue the work that we're doing, can you help me figure out what the appropriate pricing would be for this? Yeah. And like, he was awesome and like helped me like price it out. And I made more money on the image than I would have if I just ran with it solo and yeah. tried to act like I knew. Yeah. Like it's okay to not know. <laughs> yeah. Like ask questions. Um, just take a step back from it and think about like, how can I figure out this information? Yep. You know, tip- typically people are willing to help. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you reach out and you're genuine and you're asked, I think uh, that's been super helpful for me. I've, there's a few guys over in my lifetime that have helped me a lot through pricing. Um, other times, like somebody's reached out like, yeah, we want to purchase this image. And like, I literally have no idea and I don't know where to search for that information. Like I know kind of a rough range of what I would like to get for it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, that brand might value it totally differently. So, yeah. so one, uh, one route that I've, taken on image pricing before is um especially if if it's with someone that i that i trust at the brand i'd be like hey like what would you what's kind of a price range of what you would normally pay for an image like this for for this usage yeah and i mean they might say like oh yeah like you know 200 to 500 bucks then you're then you know you take that information like all right well if this say this image took a lot for me to create and it was like a wild crazy ass trip it's like all right and like, and that's one of your really, really great images. And you're like, all right, 500 bucks, top of the price range. Or if it's just kind of like, yeah, it's like a whatever image, like kind of meet them on the, on the lower end of that. So, so that, that's been beneficial um, for me before. And then as soon as you have that, that's a great just like base kind of starting range for how you're going to set your pricing for everything that yeah. you do. Yeah, scarcity is a big thing when it comes to images. Like there's certain image needs that they can go to the next photographer and find it. And you're not going to have much leverage there to like ask or demand a price yeah like in the past we've had people want to use images like my brother killed a black wolf 
and I took some really sick photos of that. That's a super tough image <laughs> to get because you just don't kill black wolves all the time, especially yeah. in Montana and like in the snow. And yeah. I was like, dude, no one else has this image. Yeah. And I don't really want to just give it up for free. Yeah. Here's my price. And I didn't end up selling it, but I wasn't willing to like yeah. give something. There's, I mean, that's you could have been a huge opportunity loss because you could have been like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, here's this photo for 250 bucks, and somebody else might have paid you five grand. Like, you just don't yeah. know, right? So, yeah. There's a fine line when it comes to pricing stuff between getting what you think you deserve because people will push. I know Yeti. Um, there's been times where Yeti's wanted to purchase an image and they're so big that I've been contacted by two people about the same image. And one person, I said, hey, here's what I want for this image. He's like, okay, that's great. And I sent it to the same person or I sent the same price to the second person. And they're like, oh no, I think we can only do like 200 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, no. Like, Interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have to develop kind of some negotiating skills and determine how hard you can push because sometimes brands will try to haggle you down on your price. Um, it never hurts to price it a little bit higher than maybe you think. Yeah. And then the, the middle ground is more satisfactory. Yeah, totally. Don't start at your lowest price you'd sell it for. Yeah. You know, um, as far as selling images, um, <laughs> this is probably just more an amusing thing to go do, but Getty image does have a price calculator online. Yep. <laughs> it's always like in the thousands of dollars. <laughs> I've, never I've, actually I've at sent it. that to some people that were like, Oh, we only can pay 50 bucks, you know, for like 10 images or something. I'm like, dude, here's a link to the Getty price calculator. And it's like a thousand dollars or like two grand for one image. Supposedly. Yeah. I don't believe that, but yeah. <laughs> like get real, like yeah. this stuff takes time and effort and money to capture. Um, never give an image away for a cover. Especially a cover. Dude. Like if, if you're very first getting into it and you've like, you've got an opportunity and like, you know, I totally understand like, like, yeah, you need to prove yourself. And then one way to do that is to do a, a photo assignment for free or something or give some photos away for free. But yeah, but like you do that the first time and only the first time and you have you, you're very you should be very explicit and be like, yep, like as soon as we do this first one, like you guys will see how awesome I am, whatever, like. And hopefully that is actually the, what happens is that mm -hmm. they, they love the photos and you build a relationship. And then from there on forward, you always get paid for what you do. Yeah. I would probably disagree with that now at this point. If the if they're a legitimate publication, yeah. they should be willing to pay you even if it's your first time. Yeah. If you are going to give it away for free for sure, make it very clear yeah. that hey, I want this to be a long-term relationship. Here's kind of a way for us to start off. I'll give you this image. I would be expected to be paid like a fair industry rate in the future but yeah. let's start off on the right foot and get yeah. the ball rolling yeah like that's how i would approach that if i was going to give it away and actually I, I know some brands and I, I guess mostly brands that um they've done that even with established photographers like mm -hmm. they already have a really great relationship with this, this you know group a of photographers and they have this other person that's like wanting to get into it um, but maybe they're, they're kind of him and hawing over it a little bit. So they're like, ah, okay. Like, yeah, let's, let's give this guy a chance. We're still going to pay him. We're not going to pay him like the rate that like the, probably the, the going rate, I guess. 
but we're going to give them the opportunity and they, but they still pay. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, again, it's, it's kind of this set thing where it's like, yep, yep. Your first time, like we'll, we'll pay you this, you know, if it's below our, our going rate, but we just want to build trust in you and, and, uh, and we'll go from there. So. Yeah. Um, exchanging images for gear. <laughs> uh, you need the I've product in order to shoot photos <laughs> of the product. So therefore you should yeah. never do that. Yeah. You shouldn't, you should not have to exchange images for gear. That's a pretty like, it's a common tactic that brands use, but I think it's a sleazy tactic. Yeah. Uh, if they want you to shoot images of their gear, they see value in you and they should be willing to send it to you and pay you for your images. Yes. Like you cannot shoot the images without the gear. Yeah. So that should just be like, well, we need to send him the gear. Yeah. And then your time and your effort to get captivating imagery is worth something. Yeah, that's a totally separate thing. Yeah, I, maybe I, I, you I, start low. You say, yeah. "Hey, I'd love some free gear, and we'll do uh, I'll work for a quarter of my rate." Yep. And here's what my normal rate is, so they know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, always, always leave. Don't box yourself in by just being a pushover. Like, if you're going to work for a discounted rate, just make it clear what your normal rate is, and yep. that that will <laughs> occur yeah. in the future. <laughs> Uh, yeah i've fallen into that multiple times where it's like things are going awesome say you've got sponsorship from two different brands and they're going to pay you this much each one of them is going to pay you the same then you get this like third brand that's like a really big brand that you know has the budget you know mm -hmm. they work with all these people and you start communicating with them then like oh yeah like we'll give you product and then i'll you know i'll respond hey guys like i need the product in order to shoot any content for your stuff so like sure it's a separate deal they're like, well, like the, the product's worth like this amount, which is basically the amount that I'm asking for sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what they hold against me. And then, you know, then I end up getting into this pinch where I'm just like, okay, well, this is their tactic. Do I just say no and run yeah. the risk of not working with them and then run the risk of maybe not developing a further relationship? Mm -hmm. Or do I bite the bullet a little bit? Uh, or, I mean, the other option is like, say no and then see if they come back. And they very well could. I haven't been that brave, I guess, to, to take that tactic, but that's, I think that's certainly, yeah. certainly a tactic that you could take. Yeah. That's kind of a tough thing too. Like, let's say you have three brands you want to work with. One's little, one's medium and one's huge. <sighs> to some extent you want to say might be worth working with this, the biggest brand to get your foot in the door. And maybe that would eventually lead to a bigger chunk of change down the road but then i think like i'll use yeti as an example <laughs> they got so big that they had every photographer in the game wanting to work with them yeah <laughs> and the piece of the pie that you could get was non-existent unless you're jimmy chin now. yeah so I wouldn't and good for go <laughs> that route, you know? Yep. And when these brands get really big, I mean, the marketing director has probably a family and a mortgage payment. And if he can save 10 grand a year in his budget, his boss is stoked. And if he can get cheaper imagery, yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Oh, and some, you're trying to get things for, for less price. So, yeah. yeah. So that just comes back to like the more really good relationships you can craft with people at brands the better it is for getting what you deserve to get 
absolutely. And that was the tough thing with Yeti for us and for other photographers I know is that it always was someone new. Yeah. There was so much new and new growth and employees and turnover. Like the next person didn't know you from the next person. Yeah. Like you've been shooting photos from for five years crushing and a new person gets moved into this role of communicating with you and they don't know you. <laughs> and now you're just photographer number 197. Yep. <laughs> <You know? Exactly. laughs> and you're like, gosh. So if you can, uh, with any brand, try to meet more than one person at the brand. I'll, so I'll throw a question at you, Zach. So like, okay, we live in Bozeman's, so like yeah. Yeti's based in Texas. Like you want to build more relationship with the people at Yeti. Like what's, mm -hmm. what's a tactic that you would use to, to do that? Uh, I mean, trade shows would be a good place maybe to meet people. I mean, Yeti puts on a lot of events. Yep. Um, I know in some relationships that we've had, like when we worked with Bear Archery, a lot of the people that we met was just through email. Yep. But sometimes, um, like when we work with Jason Pickerel, it'd be like, hey, talk to so-and-so. It might be worth following up with those people or following them on Instagram and engage yep. with them. You know, like kind of be more than just a name on a screen. Like, yeah, face-to-face -face is hands down the best. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. But even like, even at Sitco, which is in Bozeman, like, yep. I don't know most of the people over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're growing like a weed. And it's I, yeah, I mean, tough. Like, like we've talked before. I mean, they're, they're one of my biggest brands that I work with and, and they're local. And I, and I think if you are working with brands that are local, like you should try to be around them as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, and, and they've been super awesome and they've allowed me to do this, but I'll just, I'll just go in and I'll steal a desk for the day. I'll just work inside, inside yep. that office. And I'll just, you know, it's, it's, and it's really fun for me to actually be part of that team. And you're, you, you know, you get to have input on, on certain things and just, just mm -hmm. having a face there where you're actually interacting with people um, is huge. And I, I've had opportunities come from situations like that. I've also flown out and gone and visited certain brands. Yeah. Literally, even if it's for like a breakfast, like I flew to Seattle last year to, to meet with a brand and I just had breakfast with a, with a guy and, and that was awesome. Like we built, built a great friendship and mm -hmm. you know, like, and then there's like work opportunities that have come from that. Yeah. I've never really done it, but it's a super great tactic. If you're working on a big contract with someone and you're reaching kind of that tipping point of getting it signed, maybe establish like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to come out and meet you. Yeah. And let's finalize the details in person. It's a lot harder for them to back out of that. Yeah. If there's any question in the air of whether they should do it or not. Yeah. And it also might press the subject to actually get it done. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and a face-to-face -face conversation versus yeah. especially an email. You know, like you can have those hard conversations because they'll be able to read your body language and oh, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll see that you're not like a bad person. You're not to get them and vice versa. You right? can't misinterpret tone as easily as email. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So working with big brands is can be great. There's positives, negatives, smaller brands. The cool thing is that you might have more creative freedom. Absolutely. Because they're looking for input. Yeah. They're maybe not sure what to do. And for me, that was a tough one of giving up enough of my intuition and information of here's what I think you guys should do and like holding some back. I feel like half the time you I feel like a consultant pitching Absolutely. jobs. Like, yeah. here's what you should do. You should do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Here's why. 
and then you know this hasn't happened to myself a lot but there's been times where they'll just like take your advice and go to someone else that they know better or is cheaper or internal yeah have you ever dealt with that at all or felt like you were being taken advantage of or like fished for information on like what you think would be a good tactic as far as marketing or content i guess i haven't been like directly like directly involved with that but i've I've indirectly or when i've worked at agencies before and i've seen some of that happen or it's like agency comes to the table with an idea and then like oh you're later like like they basically say no to the agency then oh you're later you see that that idea that they pitched just Mm -hmm. running somewhere else And, and like that's a hard thing to that's a very hard thing to manage and protect yourself against and like i think just building a really strong relationship with that yeah with that brand is probably your best way to mitigate that and also just like actually land those ideas sure those ideas that you bring to the table like you get paid for them double you get to do them double-edged sword either they can take your idea or sometimes going out on a limb and really diving in deep and saying here's what you guys are bad at here's what you should do has allowed us to like get big contracts interesting like when we work with Bear Archery, we had a good relationship with Jason when he was their kind of head of marketing. We were like, dude, you guys need an Instagram page. Yeah. Like, this is like the next thing. And we pitched managing and running their Instagram page. And we ended up getting a contract to run it for three That's years. Right. That's it. You know? And we grew their Instagram page from like zero to 74,000 or something. And it was a great learning experience and we got paid. Yeah. You know. Cool. So double-edged sword. Sometimes you feel like you're used and the information's just kind of mined from you. Yeah. <laughs> and other times it leads into like cool projects and uh, bigger contracts. So again, I think a lot of this comes down to relationships, reading people, you know trying to i think if you can just have an honest conversation with people from the beginning preferably face to face about their brand what you do how we can work together like you can probably be pretty clear of where your path with that brand should be yeah, absolutely. and not feel like you're taken advantage of so um a couple other things on image use um typically you want to if you're going to sell an image you want to figure out what the types of uses are the lengths of use um and if they want to use it exclusively or not yep do you want to like dive deeper in on that like what would be like a use of an image what would be different uses of images yeah totally so like what would you want to specify from a potential i mean somebody's just like hey we want to buy a photo you'd be like your response is like cool like yeah i'm i'm game like what where do you plan to use it mm-hmm. and they might respond oh like our social media pages it's like okay they have facebook and instagram um they might respond like yeah like on a one one email so they, they might have a, a weekly or monthly email that they send out might end up there it might be like oh we want to use it like in print in like some publication in a, in a print ad i mean there, there's you know they, they might blow it up in their office huge like there's so many yeah. different different option there right and, and you have to price accordingly and then as far as like uh the length um that refers to like yeah they want to have like it might be a one-time use or it's like yeah we just want to use it in this email this one time it might be yeah we want to buy limited access 
or unlimited usage rights to use this image for say three years. Something like that they might be used, like where I've seen that used is where um, they might run a print ad. They might use the same print ad for one mm -hmm. to three years. Yeah. Um, so they just wanna make sure they're covered for that entire duration. I've rare, I think I've sold like one exclusive image. Yeah, I think I've only sold one, I think, group of images that was exclusive. Yeah. Um, and typically, if someone really wants to buy an exclusive image, like when I, in my pricing, I'm like, okay, again, figure out the, the length of the terms. But if it's like, we want to buy that, that image forever for exclusive rights, rarely, I don't, like, I, I think I've been asked that once. But uh, um, I mean, if it's forever, like 10 times the normal price. Yeah. Depending on, years, on like, the scarcity of... Yeah, again, you know. and, and this is just called things you'll just kind of have to figure out. I don't think there's any one correct answer here, but uh, that's kind of a rundown of, of some of those those terms. I usually try to talk the client if someone's... I mean, if, if they're willing to pay, like, sure, you can buy exclusive, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, hey, like, let's not let's not do exclusive. It's going to save you money. You know, say it's, a pro, say it's a photo that some guy is wearing, you know, using a couple different products. And say it's, um, they, they want to, this company wants to buy it to like, you know, for the benefit of their brand. Be like, hey, like, you know, you could pay me 500 bucks for this photo, non-exclusive rights. I could also sell here, here, and here, you know, probably for the same amount. Mm -hmm. But it's it's going to have indirect exposure to them. It's going to indirectly value them. And then, then it, I think if you talk them through that, they might be like, oh, yeah, like that, that's, you know, like, yeah, we, we didn't have two grand to spend on it anyway. So like, yeah, we'll, we'll spend five grand on it. Yeah. And then you could potentially make two grand up elsewhere and it's going to benefit them in the long run. So for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's say someone says, Hey, Drake saw this image of yours. want to buy it. You ask him, Hey, what are the uses? What's the length? Do you yep. want an exclusive or non-exclusive? Yep. And they aren't sure. How do you keep the ball rolling? <laughs> on that conversation rather than like it could die because they're like i don't know you know like if it's in an email and they, they respond and they don't know i would try to get them on the phone or if you don't think it's if you think it's a waste of time you think if they reach out and you're like oh this guy doesn't have any money like yeah keep the conversation going right mm -hmm. but um one thing i don't like to just give out my prices i get a lot of people ask like hey like what are your image prices i'll just get a random question like that yeah and like, I will never be like, hey, like, oh, yeah, I've generally caught, charged this, this, and that. Uh, a, because I don't want to just give that information away. I, I've had a lot of people that they'll send me an Instagram message, and then I'm just like, well, who is this guy? Is he trying yeah. to buy this image, or is he just trying to gain this information from me? Yeah. <laughs> Usually, it's just somebody trying to figure out what they should sell their, their photo for. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you should always dive in deeper to try to figure out, like, what the actual usage is. Yeah. Yeah, if someone doesn't know the use, I'll typically offer them like a full use, either in perpetuity, if it's not an amazing image yeah. and I just want to sell it, or if it is an amazing image, I'll say like, well, here's a full use, like one year price, or here's a full yeah. use, three year price. That's a good tactic. Provide them a couple options of what if they're the unsure. pricing would be. Yeah. You know, I always ask initially, like, what are what's the specifics of your use? And if they know, then that'll dictate the price. Yep. If they don't, I try to offer them something to keep conversation going. If you know them or can get them on the phone, that's probably the best. Yeah. Because it just makes the process so much quicker. Yeah. I wish email wasn't a thing and everyone just had to call everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything would be way quicker. We would all be amazing people. Drake, what do you think our 
better ways to make money than <laughs> magazines, which obviously uh, pros and cons, but. Yeah, no, we've, we've talked about ways that you can't make much money in photography, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's certainly a lot of opportunities out there. And uh, uh, I think the first thing, and this, I think this take, this definitely takes time. Uh, this takes time to build a relationship with a company, individuals with the company, but is to get on a retainer mm -hmm. with, with that company. And, and what a retainer is, is basically they're paying you a set amount each month. Um, so, so it's, 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 it's uh, known income, you know, and you know, you're going to get this, this, this amount of money each year. One thing working in the, basically the freelance world is that you're often working on a project to project basis and like one, you know, one year you could get a bunch of projects. You could make $200,000 yeah. next year. You might get one project. You yeah. make might you might make five grand. So, so getting on a retainer is super awesome just because you, you know, at the end of the year, like you're going to make that money and then all the other stuff that's just going to be on top. Um, Another thing which I touched on in there is, is doing doing bigger projects just for brands. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another option would be, and this is specific to the hunting space, uh, fishing space too, I suppose, but uh, it's, it's photographing hunts for individuals. Yeah. So building a connection relationship with somebody that goes and does a ton of hunting, maybe around the world, and um, you go and photograph and document their hunts for them. How would you go about meeting those individuals? Like what are just a couple, two ways that two you could meet individuals <laughs> that might be that person? I think going to the trade shows where those types of people are going to be at, I think it's going to be huge. And what trade shows would those be? Or what, what are a couple of those shows? Well, specifically think? in the space that I work in, I mean, that would be like a wild sheep show. That would be Dallas Safari Club, yep. um, Safari Club International, those types of shows. Gotcha. Um, Regarding trade shows, I think the best way to do that. So if, if you're if you're an introverted person, or maybe you have a little, it's hard to just walk up to somebody and introduce yourself. I'm very much one of those one of those people. Um, it's to, and again, you have to build this relationship as well. But it's it's to go and work the trade show for a brand. Sure. You know, big brand, small brand, whatever. They always need people to work the booth for them to help set up, help tear down, um, help just represent their brand. And so that to me, that that's that's a really easy in. They'll off, they'll cover cover all your expenses. You'll just naturally be part of this group, and that is an amazing place to then just start meeting people because you know every every evening you go out and you have these dinners or drinks or whatever, and um, you just naturally meet people. So sure. trade shows are awesome. I think it'd be silly not to have some sort of social media account and presence. And just post, keep posting your best stuff, and people will eventually see that, and like they might reach out to you, be like, "Hey, like, I got I got this hunt coming up. Like, would you be available to come document it?" Nice. And that's where the hook sets in just got him you set got a card <laughs> nice yeah so there's some different ways i mean i think we just wanted to touch base on like print some pricing yeah i mean it sounds like a lot of negative stuff it's more like a lot of our experience of like what not to do yeah there's some really seamless image purchases that have been awesome absolutely it's great when you can sell like three images you just sold three images that month and made a couple extra thousand dollars. You're like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So you a couple times in a year. I mean, geez, that's a pretty good little. Yeah. That's something you got to kind of just test out with magazines and sometimes it works out really well and other times it doesn't. Um, yeah. Just giving your work away for free. Just you gave 30 images away for free. <laughs> 
Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Not to throw you under the that bus. That was a cluster. That was a <laughs> learning experience. Yeah. You know, so, so like, don't. Just, I better tell that story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as a prime example of someone that is an experienced professional photographer and unfortunately was taken advantage of. Yeah. It wasn't that I just like said, here you go. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what ended up happening because I didn't want to deal with the carnage potential. But uh, anyway, long story short, guy reached out to me and wanted to use, wanted just to see my image library to yeah. see. just. Know, check it out got. see what i got to potentially use in their publication and uh i was like yeah here you go and i was very explicit and i was like yeah like if you're if you're interested in purchasing any of these like let me know like I, i'm like i never said you could use these like i was very explicitly saying the opposite um i don't hear anything for like three months and the publication comes out and kid you not there was 30 of my images published in this magazine <laughs> like two page spreads big like a no cover or back cover. I think if I had a cover or back cover, I would have. I, I mean, I was losing my cool pretty good on that one as, as yeah. it was. But, uh, and so I, I did go back to him and I was like, hey, like, what the heck here, man? Like, and yeah. I, I, I was, um, you know, provided him like screenshots of the email exchange we had. And, and I, and I genuinely think he, there was, there was some sort of miscommunication definitely on his end with whoever his people were that were pulling images that they, it was just, it was just a legit mess up on their part. And so I was like, you know what, like at the end of the day, like these guys seem cool. Like I, I want to help them. And so I decided not to pursue that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could have been six grand. I mean, that was really six. But grand they didn't even offer to pay you anything, which pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, they didn't offer to pay me anything. And they said, but the understanding was like, yep, all right. In our next publication, like, we'll, we definitely want to work with you. And we want to, you know, pay you to shoot a project for us or, or something or pay you for images you're going to use yeah. or whatever. And, uh. Next publication run comes around, and uh, we're right back to the same place. And they, crickets. Yeah. Well, not crickets. They're like, yeah, we want to use them. Oh. <laughs> and and I'm like, yeah, guys, like, let's talk about pricing. And they're like, sorry, we don't have any budget. Yeah, that's and a I'm lie. Just like, jeez, like, and I know they have budget because yeah. it's a really big publication, which yeah. is shocking in the print world, and they've got a lot of sponsors. Yep. And yeah, I just I know some insider things about it, and it's just it makes me pretty frustrated to get taken advantage of and put put faith in, in them to be like yeah like of course like yeah you helped us out huge on this yeah. first round that makes me mad if it was me i would have sent them an invoice if they didn't pay that invoice i would have had my attorney write a pretty pretty forceful letter yeah <laughs> because i would have been getting a lot more than what those images should go for yeah i mean that in my mind is 30 images at 200 bucks a pop is $6,000. Yeah. Like that's a pretty not great letter to show up saying, yeah. Hey, you guys owe us six grand, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And by the, like, I'd be willing to pay an attorney two grand just to get my four. Yeah. You know, are they going to want, I mean, I don't know. I just think that that's unexcusable. Anytime you have a publication that's like so straightforward. If yeah. you're going to start a magazine and get sponsors, like, you know, that there's a cost yeah. to using imagery. And like, and me on the flip side of that, it's like, I've basically blacklisted them. I'm like, those guys suck. Like, yeah. I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. And like, and I, you should never burn a bridge. You should never always no. take the high road. But in this one, I just really felt like I got used. And now it's, we get yeah. to an opportunity where they have a chance to make it right. And it's just a, like, nope. A big <laughs> thing in the industry is to not, like 
unnecessarily burn bridges or be, I wouldn't call it rude to people, yeah. but there's times to put your foot down. There's times to not. Yeah. <laughs> For me, if that was me, it would have been a time to put it down, but I can understand your position as well. Um, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like, ah, I don't want him to go do that to the next guy. Yeah. You know, and we've, if it was a couple images, like we've had people use stuff where it either they used it and just thought they were going to get away with it or it was an internal miscommunication, but you know, it was like maybe a $600 use Yeah, and they're like, no, we're not paying it. And I was like, that's BS. Like you used it for commercial use yeah. to advertise your brand. Yeah. <laughs> but for that amount of money, it's not worth it to pay an attorney yeah. to fight it yeah, for totally. 600 bucks, you know, but when it's in the thousands of dollars, it might be, that's a whole nother podcast of just having an attorney that you can actually communicate with yeah. on those issues. I know that I've had to use attorneys. You've had to use attorneys. Yeah. A good one's hard to find. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good resource to find before you need it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's not always easy to get a, a sit down or a conversation with an attorney. And sometimes you need to make decisions quick yeah. before it blows over. Or And, and it's more often than anything, it's situations like we're referring to right now where someone takes advantage of you mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I need to defend myself here. Yeah. Like, how can I do that other than just sending them emails or yeah. phone calling? You know, it's like, yeah, you get an attorney that's going to yeah. send them a very stern letter. And I, I mean, sometimes it could be perceived as, uh, some people would think that that was a dick move to send him a letter. Other times I've seen it like in the skateboard world where someone stood up to it because it is well known that you pay for images. Yeah. And that company was obviously taking advantage of this photographer <laughs> and he took it to him, which is like, everybody was like, hell yeah, like, good for you, man. Like, huh. that's what you should do. So that's a tough one yeah. <laughs> between like, you know, and this hunting industry is super small and those people aren't going to be happy. They're going to talk negatively about you and it's just like, is it worth it or not? And yeah. that's kind of, I think, comes down to an individual's personality of, you know, how they approach scenarios like that. And so yeah. a lot of, you don't want to make a rash, quick decision there, no. but <laughs> you do want to make some kind of decision. Yeah. I wouldn't say either of them is correct. Um but interesting things that will, for some people, come up. Yep. Some people have a whole career where they don't have too many issues. But I think more and more nowadays, there's more illegal use. Sometimes it's tough to know what's illegal, like on the social media front and oh, sharing images and what the platform allows. And, but print's pretty straightforward. Absolutely. Branded content's pretty straightforward. Yep. Commercial use. That's stuff that should be protected. So, um, yeah, I think that was solid little powwow on some pricing, some print. Totally. Yeah, we're diving gigs. in deep on the old podcast, and we dive in even deeper on the the tutorial. So, heck yeah, yeah, we have we're gonna have a whole course on pricing images. Uh, we should be sitting down with Lyle uh, Hebel from Stone Glacier. He's gonna help us understand it from the brand's perspective and do a deep dive on all this stuff. Um, hopefully you guys have got some awesome insight just through the podcast and we're going to continue to keep tackling topics um, that involve hunting photography and hunting and shooting and selling 
getting gigs, dealing with people that don't appreciate you. Basically just the lives <laughs> that we live. We're diving in deep. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, a unique profession, and that's why we're going through it and uh, helping people that want to do it and giving people some perspective to maybe make a decision on if they want to pursue it or not. Because social media makes it all look very appealing and it is in a lot of capacities but there's also some things that don't get made public that i think are things that some people don't want to deal with (laughs) you know like the profession (laughs) is unique and hopefully we'll be able to kind of capture a lot of that uniqueness and give you guys a good sense for what it takes what it's like give you some tips help you crush yeah Signing off. Till next time.